2: Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: Welcome back in, or I guess I should be saying Guten Tag this week, right? That's all the the, the German I know. Barth, I don't know if you can sprinkle in any other German throughout this episode here, (laughs) but uh, it is another live Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines. It is Alex Barth from 98.5, the sports hub. As the Patriots are wheels up in about an hour or two to head over to Germany to play their Week 10 game against the Indianapolis Colts over there in Frankfurt. Uh, So we will get into that game, of course. We have some college football and some draft news even to talk about at the end of the show. But we can start with some Patriots news this week because... It was J.C. Jackson and Jack Jones, the cornerback duo that obviously started last week's game against Washington on the bench for the first two series or, or, or so. Jack was a little bit longer. Uh, it was a benching. They were late. It was yeah. curfew issues, uh, according to Mike Reese. Uh, Jeff Howe added with J.C. Jackson. There were there were some other issues with attitude, performance. You know, both those guys were involved. And <clears throat> some coverage bust the week before Miami but short story short JC Jackson was sent home for the week he's not traveling to Germany they'll see kind of where he at is at after the bye uh, is what it sounded like and Jack Jones is with the team now but we'll, we'll see where that uh, kind of goes with his playing time Sunday but that, that was the big the big news of the week is those two cornerbacks
0: yeah absolutely and it's You know, just when it seems like what more can go wrong for this team, here we go. They're down two guys that if they're going to win games, they need. I think Sean Wade has been okay filling in, but he's not – doesn't quite offer what those two guys offer when they're locked in. And I'm not saying those two guys have played well. They haven't. But I don't think, as we're clearly seeing here, that they're locked in. So it's different probably. It looks a little different if they're 7-2 and compared to 2-7. and Uh, But just more, you know – there's It's a question I get a lot. What is the mood like in the locker room? What is the attitude like in the locker room? Are guys still bought in? Are guys checking out? And I think you're starting to see that reality kind of creep out into the public with something like this.
1: Yep. And, and we can get into a football perspective, but like Sean Wade, like those two guys are boundary corners, right? And Sean Wade, he was so good this summer finally because they moved him into the slot. So now you're going to ask him to play the boundary, which he hasn't had much success in the past that that will be interesting but uh uh, back to the locker room aspect of this i was kind of on the sense like it was a good move to just kind of tell jc to get out right now right like you're a two and seven football team you got a lot of young guys on on defense specifically even in that cornerback room you don't want them to kind of see this and think like all right well, well jc can get away with it. So now maybe I can get away with it. You know, we're two and seven. Who really cares if I stick to the program now? But I guess my question to you is, do you think he comes back after the buy? Because it he was here for a cup of coffee. He already got in trouble. They paid pennies on the dollar for him. He's due no guaranteed money. If they want to cut him, he's probably not going to be here next year anyway because the way his contract's set up, right? Like he still has a really high cap hit that they can get out of for free. But do you think he actually reappears here after the buy or is this just, you know, they're going to kind of cut ties here eventually? Well, the way that we've kind of, the way we
0: think they're operating, they're still trying to win every game they can. And having him, they have a better chance to win if he's out there playing at the level he can play at. Now, Maybe he's out there dogging it, and if they think he's going to go out there and continue to not be locked in and continue to make mistakes, that's different. If they believe, you know, go home during the bye, just get mental reset, come back ready to work, if they believe he'll come back with that attitude, I think they'll welcome him back. I do, because they want to win every game they can. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we see him again. The reality is if they were totally done with him, they wouldn't have sent him home. They would have cut him.
1: Would have just cut him
0: now. Right, so clearly they're not entirely done with him because he's still here. Yep. At least but, for now. I don't know. Watch when the wire drops in 53 minutes, he'll be released. <laughs> I'm not counting right,
1: on it. Right when we end the uh, end the show here, right? Naturally, um, naturally, they'll yep. naturally. They'll, re- they'll release him. But uh, yeah, they they still have games to play here, and they'll do it this week without JC. So we can start uh, with the Patriots' defense this time against that that Colts offense and. Uh, I know Indy doesn't have Anthony Richardson. They have Gardner Minshew in a quarterback, which is a shame because Anthony Richardson was looking really good those few times when he was healthy. Uh, I thought I think the Shane Steichen offense has been impressive. I've been impressed with him, kind of coming from from Philly or seeing some of that carryover. But like, how do you think this cornerback group matches up with this Philly receivers? Because it's you know Michael Pittman who's a pretty good player. It's josh downs i know he's a little banged up but he's been electric and isaiah mckenzie is back in the fold and you're talking about you need your depth corners here and that's miles bryant so is miles bryant's on isaiah mckenzie here like we know how that story tends to go so do you think that could be an area of kind of concern here even with a backup quarterback for the patriots on sunday
0: well look we we know all right let's start from the top down uh I, I let's start here. I Josh down. This sounds like isn't going to play. He's pretty yeah. banged up. So they may not have to worry about him, which I guess call it gift and a curse. Cause that's where Isaiah McKenzie comes in. <laughs> the big thing for me, Michael Pittman. And then a- Alec Pierce is six, three, right? Michael yeah. Pittman's a big go up and get it receivers. He's six, six, four. Th- these are jump ball wide receivers. And we're kind of back to where we were last year, where it's Jonathan Jones smiles, Bryant. They do have Sean Wade, who's six one. So that helps. But, there's not a lot of size for the Patriots right now at the cornerback position. If Jack Jones plays, that helps. That gives them another body. He's only 5'11. I think he might be listed at six feet, but he's listed at five. You no, know, he's still listed at 5'11. So not a ton of size, and they won't play Jalen Mills a corner. So not a lot of size there against a team that wants to throw the ball up and let their guys go make plays above the rim. That's concerning. You add to that, the Patriots seem to think that Miles Bryant can run with Isaiah McKenzie. They just they, they tried it three separate times against Buffalo. They never adjusted away from it. It's not Miles Bryant's fault. It's not his game. But this is just something they try to do. So if they try that again, yeah, you're looking at mismatches across the board. And that could be a problem. They need Jack Jones to show up and have a big game this week. They do because they need that kind of play on the boundary. I'm guessing you'd, he'd <clears throat> probably get Pittman with help over the top. You hope Jonathan Jones can take away Alex Pierce. Alec Pierce and then yeah what if he comes in the slot you got to figure something out but it'll probably be Miles Bryant
1: Yeah yeah it's definitely something worth watching there cuz we know the history and I mean it, it, again it's not Anthony Richardson but like Gardner Minshew is not a slouch right like he's been in this league a while now he's had some success I know he's like tied with Mac for most turnover worthy plays this year but the offense is still in Indianapolis, like it's it's still, you know, moving the football. They're having some success. Like Minshew's still capable of doing that, even making plays with his legs. Like that was one thing when I was watching them. Like you talk about Sam Howell last week running around back there extending plays and, you know, hitting all those long completions when the pass rush can't get home or, or can't bring them down. Like that's something Minshew was doing. So again, if you allow him to extend plays, and I know they'll have some you know, RPOs with him where he doesn't, you know, he can run. He doesn't, not a huge threat uh, in that, in that type of game, but like he can extend plays. He can make you uh, be aggressive and hurt you in that area too.
0: Yeah. The one thing about Minchu, I'll say this, I was actually just pulling this number up for a game preview. That'll be up on 98 by <clears throat> the sports hub.com tomorrow. As much as I just said, they have those mismatches across the board. Quarterbacks got to be able to get them the ball, make plays consistency consistently. I like Gardner Minshew. I do. I, I think he belongs in the league. I think he's probably somewhere between the 30th and 40th best quarterback in the NFL. Or call 25-35. Low-end starter, high, high-end backup. If that's the guy... Now, look, for the Colts, it's a season-long thing because Richardson's out for the year. But as a backup, as a guy that you need to plug in for three to four games and hope he wins you one or two, I think he's very capable of doing that. This isn't a guy yep. that's... This isn't one of these, like, second-year wash-up quarterbacks, just some guy out of the Big Ten who managed to hang around because he has a high football IQ and, you know, he's not really going to make plays in a game. No, he, he can handle himself. Gardner Minshew can handle himself. That being said, I don't know that he can actively go out there and win new games. I'm going to be some numbers here, Brian. Actually, let's see if you can guess this. Gardner Minshew's thrown for over 300 yards eight times in his career. I don't have his number of sh- starts. I, I should. Uh, one of them was as a backup. So I guess I'll give you – no, I'll give you a number of starts. Uh, Gardner Minshew's made 29 starts in the NFL. He's thrown for over 300 yards eight times. How many of those games do you think he's won?
1: Three.
0: Zero.
2: None.
0: (laughs) Gardner Minshew's never won. They're trying to make the show interactive a little bit. (laughs) Gardner Minshew's never (laughs) won throwing over 300 yards in a game. Drop that number down to 250. So 250 passing yards, that's not that – Massive of a number. It gets done. He's three and eleven.
1: Okay. He can win <laughs> games.
0: Like his teams can win games with him in there, but he's not a guy that you're gonna be like, all right, we need you to throw for like 270 and three touchdowns. Go win us the game. So we'll get to the Patriots defending the run in a little bit because the Colts want to win the game running the football, but they do still have a chance, oddly enough. They do still have a chance, uh, even with the mismatches at receiver, just because Gardner Minshew is going to need to be able to make plays consistently. And can he do that?
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like Josh Allen in a way. Well, he's going to gift you some, like he might gift you one or two and you just have to either catch it, like catch the interception or recover the fumble. Like there might be a few plays there and there to have, and you just have to make them uh, against Minshew. But before we talk about the run, someone uh, asked here in the comments, Thoughts on Michael Pittman as a fit for New England next season. We know New England's going to need some wide receivers, and Michael Pittman, I I believe he's only 25, 26 years old still. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. I don't know if Indy will be pretty willing to let him leave with a young quarterback, but I, I don't know. Do you like Pittman as a potential fit there next year?
0: I. Yeah, I I I think so. I, I've gone back and forth. So I was on with Evan earlier on Catch-22, and, and he really likes Pittman uh, okay. for the Patriots. I just think they've struggled with those big-body jump ball receivers in the past. Now, maybe it's a new offense, a new offensive system, new offensive coaching staff, all of it. In that sense, I like him as a player. I just, for this, <clears throat> the way this team operates on offense, I've seen them bring that player in too many times <laughs> – and, and that guy comes in and struggles so maybe i guess my like that's such a me fence sitting answer if it's still this current coaching staff no if you're going to overhaul the coaching staff and you just want a because i think other other offenses there is a role for that guy too if you want to upgrade over Devonte parker yeah he's a guy I, I would absolutely consider
1: yeah like that that's what i was going to say i think he's a better like intermediate short route runner than like a parker Nikhil Harry like some of those guys they've tried in in that role but that's also a good point like as much as we're excited about the draft and trying to get all these targets or maybe even free agent targets like Pittman like the first domino that has to fall is you have to know what scheme and what system you're putting these guys in whether it's still Bill and Bill or it's Bill and someone else or it's Mayo and O'Brien like that's going to be the first system uh, first domino that has to fall so that that'll be uh, interesting. I I do like Pittman, but uh, yeah, I could see it going either way. And I'd also kind of be surprised if Indy let him out of that building. But you know, money talks. And, yeah, ultimately,
0: and, uh, I don't think he leaves Indy either way. I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. But uh, back to the Sunday game. You mentioned it. Indy wants to run the ball at you. We all seen what Jonathan Taylor firsthand can do when he went, you know, max rookie year in that 21 game when. You know, he went over 150 yards, I believe. He had that big 60 something yard touchdown to ice the game. So <clears throat> he he's one of the best backs in football, I would say. It seems like he's getting more healthy too as as the season goes on. He started the year on pop, and behind him, Zach Moss is having a career year too. So that's kind of uh, Dietrich Wise called it a two headed monster back there in that indie backfield. And you mentioned the Minshew stats, right? Like 300 yards, he doesn't win, like. They want to run the ball. They want to, you know, not take the ball out of Minshew's hand. But if they can win the game on the ground, that's how they're going to kind of do it. So it's going to come down to Christian Barmore, who's been awesome the last month. Devon Godshaw, who I know you loved his game last week, and you know Jawan Bentley, the, these big run run stoppers for New England to slow that that rushing attack down. Yeah, I
0: think especially. I mean, you've got to win at the point of attack. Uh, Taylor's actually averaging more yards after contact this year than he is before per carry. I think it's like 2.3 after contact, 1.8 before contact when he's handed the football. So you got to get to him early. And you mentioned Bentley there. Like that's a, that's a good point. And some of those second level players, but I, I think really Godshaw and Barmore are two massive players for the Patriots in this game. And they were, like you said, like, I, I thought they were the two best players on the field for the Patriots last week defensively. I thought they're were the only two good players on the field <laughs> for the Patriots last week defensively. So you need them to come back again. The thing that helps here, Quentin Nelson has not been like he's been fine, but he hasn't been good. He's been like he's not himself right now.
1: He's Career not like up, the Quentin Nelson from two years ago or whenever he was like an all pro and right. mashing people's heads in. Like,
0: look, he'll still make the Pro Bowl because people bloat, vote blindly, but he doesn't look like a Pro Bowl player. He does, he's PFF. Uh, run block, especially against the run, his run blocking grade is like fifty-six point three. It's the worst of his career by a wide margin. Uh, he hasn't been good, plain and simple. He hasn't been good this year, so and, and that's carried over to the entirety of the Colts interior offensive line. That's a potential mismatch in favor of the Patriots. Barmore and Godshaw versus that group, and it's somewhere the Patriots need to need to need to win.
1: Yep, and, and I mean Barmore, we talked about it. Monday after last week's game, but he he's just been maybe their best player the last four or five weeks there. He he's been a force. So another big game from him. Gacha would be big in that area and like pass rush. We we keep saying it. Like it's been brutal without Matthew Judon, but they got to get home and again like contain Minshew and, and bring him down because you don't want him extending plays. He he can burn you there like Sam Howe did last week, but. Uh, any other last last notes, thoughts, anything else you got on, on the Patriots' defense there or that Indy offense? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it on that side of the ball. All right. So we can hear from our friends at FanDuel very quickly, and then we can get over to the Patriots' offense.
2: Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, with any winning $5 money bet, that's 150 bucks. If your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you get spreads. You get your player props. You get over-unders and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston. And kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling Helpline, ma.org, or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234.
0: All right, we do have a little news here. Yep, good thing we just
1: went to the offense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I, well, actually, let me, me, so both teams released their injury reports, and I didn't know this, I I guess, because of the travel, they give guys game statuses today. Oh, I guess because of who's not traveling. So this isn't, this is, normally we get game statuses on Friday. It's just practice status. Uh, For the Colts, it's a little different. And or sorry for for this week's a little different. Real quick, I said before Josh Downs probably is going to play. So the Colts have ruled out Julius Brents and Drew Ogletree. They did not rule out Josh Downs, although he didn't practice today. So Ogletree and Brents both didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday. They're both out. Downs didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday, but they haven't ruled <clears> him <throat> out yet. But that would tell me that it's trending towards him him being out. And then Brian, if you want to do the Patriots half of things, which is the bigger news, but
1: yeah, so uh, the offensive side of the ball, the Patriots ruled out offensive tackle Trent Brown. Uh, he'll miss his second straight game, and Devontae Parker as well with a concussion. J.C. Jackson too, but you know we expected that one. So uh, I, I was going to start with the offensive line actually, because you know we also had some news earlier this week. Uh, Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, is away from the team right now with a health-related issue. That's you know all Bill Belichick wanted to go into detail on that. So you obviously hope he is okay. One, but two, like this—it's been a weird year in that offensive line uh, uh, group. With you know the off Calvin Anderson missed a lot of time with the illness. He's back on IR with another illness, and, and now Clem. So. Kind of just a a weird year there, and you know Billy Yates, the uh, assistant, has been here the last few years, so you'd expect him uh, to kind of step up. I know you know Andrews Cole Strange talked about like that's a pretty seamless transition. Uh, Also like James Ference, he's on the practice squad. He's looked like he's kind of just been a coach on the on the sideline uh, throughout the year so far. So you know you assume he'd be a part of that mix uh, as well as a veteran in, in that room, but. Uh, no Trent Brown uh, again. So you'd expect it to be Connor McDermott. Bill also said it was Wednesday. I believe that Michael and is staying at right tackle. So looks like you might have the same configuration as you did last week with, you know, Cole strange city. So at your guards, David Andrews, obviously at your center and then McDermott as, and on as your tackles, which for the most part, I thought worked pretty well. Like Mac was under pressure. I think 25, right around 25% of the time. So, you know, there's a player or two there where McDermott or Unwin gets beat, but I thought for the most part, it, it was a pretty solid configura- configuration for that offensive line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's just catching up. I was trying to get on there. Out there. Well, I, I said last week, I, I was surprised how well the offensive line played without Trent Brown last week. And that's, that's not to say they were perfect, they were not. But I thought, in a game without your best offensive lineman, uh, they did better than would be expected, especially given who their competition was. One of the best fronts, uh, one of the best defense fronts in football. So Colts, they'll have to deal with DeForest Buckner. That's a big one. Cole Strange got benched last year against the Colts. Uh, yep, Cole Strange got the benched last year against the Colts. And DeForest Buckner is a big mm-hmm. part of that. So we'll have to see how they handle him. But it, it, I'd feel a lot worse if not for last week's performance. I think last week's performance gives you a reason to be optimistic, but they did have Adrian Clem for that game, so we'll see how they adjust.
1: Yep. That would be something worth monitoring. But uh, I'm blanking on the other Colts defensive tackle who's suspended. Um, Suspended? uh, Didn't they – Grover? Grover? uh, Oh, Grover Stewart.
0: Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't he like cheap shot – who did he cheap shot? He cheap shot at somebody.
1: I thought it was PEDs, maybe. What am i am thinking of? I don't know. But they are missing Grover Stewart, so one Who's less Who's the guy, guy that I... punched – oh, or is that
0: in the college game where the defensive tackle punched the offensive
1: lineman in the nuts? Oh,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, that was college, I believe. And somebody <laughs>
0: took a shot at Justin Herbert. No, you're right, though. Grover Stewart, PEDs. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, Grover Stewart, they are missing, so they're down one uh, defensive tackle there to make life a little easier. But yeah – cole strange is, is the big one there uh because you know i thought he played well last week but he still had trouble with jonathan allen and, and those big commanders defensive tackles like handling power and that's the thing we've talked about all along with cole strange there's a smaller guard there how can he handle power so uh buckner will will be a good test there but i, I mean with no stewart and with that offensive line like i kind of expect them to run the ball a lot this week and, Yeah you start starting to see Ramondre look like Mondre. And I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't have a, a big role, a lot of touches Zeke probably too, but like even as a pass catcher targeting him against some of those linebackers like they did last week. And so I, I I'd expect a good amount of Mondre in this game.
0: And you're going to have guys, I mean, this is a game, guys are going to be tired, right. Dealing with the jet, jet lag, yep. all that. You're, you're going to be able to bully people in this game. And I I'm with you hundred percent. I think this is a big, ground and pound game for the patriots if they can get it.
1: Yep. So what do you want to see from Mac then? If they're going to be running the ball, like just turnover free and Yeah, just look like, calm, just don't look
0: panic, set your feet, throw. <clears throat> that, that really just the basics, just good fundamental quarterback play. I don't need to see him throw for 300 yards. I don't need to see him throw for a bunch of touchdowns. They should be able to win this one ugly. Now they should have been able to win last week ugly and they didn't, but <laughs> I, what, what's the number, Brian? What what what's the number for points in this game where you feel good? I think if you get to 24 points, you, and that's not necessarily a small ask for them, but I'm not they don't have to hang 30 points this week, like we thought they might have in games earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I want to right see. I'm the... I want to
0: pull up the line on Fanduel and actually see what the.
1: So Patriots. all right,
0: so it's it's 43 and a half, So call it 44 points over two. So they and it's a one and a half point spread. So that's it's like so twenty-three by
2: two,
0: Yeah. So they're looking 23, at like 21. a twenty-three-twenty-one game. They have the Colts favored it. Yeah. But so yeah, twenty-four points should win you this game. Yeah. That's not that shouldn't be a massive mm-hmm. undertaking, especially if you're able to run the ball.
1: But with this team, kind of a massive right. massive ass because it's a grind to score 17 points every week they need some turnovers, you know, back to the defense. They need a turnover or two to help them get in, in that range. So, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it with Mac. Like, it would be nice just to see him calm and relaxed and, like, settled in the pocket. You know, we all talk about the footwork and, and the fadeaway throws. Like, and I don't know if they're just going to all of a sudden vanish. I, I, I highly doubt that. But, yeah, if you could see him calm and just, you know, take what's there. If they're running the ball a lot, they're probably going to, Work the quick game a lot, and then there might just be like those two or three plays downfield where, uh, you know, the the one going around last week, the one where he missed Kasiki up the seam, like those are the ones, if you can let them develop and, and stay true and confident in the pocket and, and hit those just like two or three explosives might be enough to kind of win you this game. So that's kind of where I'm at with Mac this week. Uh, again, like the last eight, nine games, there's it's the player valuation and it's Mac's addition to kind of stay around here next year on the, on that last year of his rookie contract and you know if he could have a good game going into the buy that that might be might be big for his confidence to help during that last stretch.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm with you 100% just just <coughs> something
0: cuz he's still playing for he's playing for his job in a, in in two different ways. One this is an audition. Basically, can he show the coaches enough that you know, hey, we should keep, you know, all right, he figured out in the second half, we can build on that. We'll give him a shot. We'll bring him into campus as a starter next year. But there's also that element of can he keep them out of position of drafting his replacement? We'll get into the college quarterbacks in a little bit. And, by the way, there is some – the game's this weekend, but there's some college quarterback news – news uh, – today. I'll explain that in a minute. But he's got to keep them out of range to draft his replacement, and that means winning games. And winning games means playing a clean game, especially when he doesn't have – the kind of defense he's had the last couple of years to bail him out.
1: What about his job for the rest of the year? Cause I, I still don't think they're going to go away from him, but if this game blows up, I mean, the buy would kind of be the time if you're going to make a quarterback change, right? Like, do you think there's any part of that that could unfold again? Like they've told us what they kind of think of those other two quarterbacks on the roster. But again, if there was a time to make a change there this year, it, it would probably be after the, Uh, during the bye especially if mac maybe has a blow-up game again uh, against the colts sorry say that again you cut out like if there was a time to you know you mentioned he's playing for his job his auditioning for next year but is there part maybe an audition for the rest of this year because if it's bad and it blows up like this is the time to make a change maybe to will greer or you give zappy two weeks and see what he looks like as a starter i know they you know they cut zappy that they cycled through that third quarterback spot but like this would be the time to theoretically do so if they were going to do that oh, I'm yeah i just it, here, it but, doesn't
0: feel like it's going to happen i think they would have done it at this point if they were yeah, going to do it
1: just yeah probably would have
0: yeah
1: would have done it but uh last thing offensively who who's Mack thrown to this week are we gonna see are we gonna see booty out there in in Germany or is it just gonna be 12 plays of Ty again and Jalen Rager or you know I think you know Demario Douglas will say he popped up on the injury report with an ankle injury he looks he looked pretty good out there though I'd be surprised if he doesn't go so you'd expect him to have another big role but how how do you see that room kind of shaping out around Demario
0: so the, the big question here, because, again, there's no Devontae Parker again this week, and that was going to be part of it when he comes back. How many snaps are waiting for him? He's out. Taequann Thornton's benching last week. Does it carry over? Because he got pulled early. That's not a guy that made one mistake and, and, you know, it was a little slap on the wrist. That was pretty extreme. If he's benched again, I mean, do we finally see Kayshawn Booty? That's kind of where we're at. I think it's probably going to look similar. Where it's, it's Rager and Douglas are your one and two. Juju rotates in as the third with Gesicki. If Booty's active, maybe he rotates in there and you see Taekwon Thornton as a package player. Four or five snaps. That would be my guess. I'd like to see them give Taekwon another shot just because the guy was a second round pick. You need to figure out. You're two and seven. What do you have to lose? I'd like to see them throw him out there because he, he got open. He did get open twice in that game, and Mac yep. missed him once. And I think if Mac hits him, he catches the touchdown. It's a very different conversation. He could have gotten out of the route quicker, but that's not the point. Yeah, I, I just – i that that's what it is to me. Is, is Thornton permanently benched? And if he is, there is zero reason to not play Kayshawn Booty because you don't have enough wide receivers if you don't at that <clears> point. It doesn't matter what you think of him. You need the bodies on the field.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like, just – we say it every week like play the young guys see what you have there because you have nothing to lose but i mean if case booty isn't even active this game which knowing how the last few weeks have gone he probably won't be but like
0: right i'm not expecting him to be
1: yeah like that, that that's just gonna be crazy because you know juju's not giving you anything at that spot obviously kendrick born's hurt and even like it's not the same position or I mean I guess they played booty at the X when Parker was out week one but like Jalen Rager is not giving you anything you won't even let Tyquan play you know it takes Tyquan three drives until you have to put him on the bench because he makes a mistake or or something so I don't know I I would just like to see booty out there and just get the chance to you know everyone says he sucks he sucks he's a six-round pick he's not playing well in practice he can't get on the field like that's probably why he's not on the field because he's not playing well in practice. But I'd just like to see him in a real game again besides his rookie debut in week one against the Eagles. So just to kind of see how that looks. But I, I still don't expect that. Uh, I'd be pleasantly surprised if, if Booty's active, I'll say that. But, yeah, play the young guys, see what you have. But um, unless you have anything else, offensively, we can talk some special teams quick. Um in Germany, we have a scoreboard, scoreboard watch potentially with, with some punters hitting the scoreboard last week. And also we could mention it's this grass hybrid field. It's like imported from Holland or, or something. So right. um, didn't seem like they had any issues with it last week. But, uh, you know, I, I asked Cam Acord about it and he's like, you know, just something might have to change out cleats or, you know, it might help – with the punts, seeing how the ball bounces. So just a few nerdy things to watch in that department and the special teams. And the, the scoreboard. Yeah. Sorry, did you say you cut out my internet screen? Did you say the scoreboard? I, I said, I mentioned it briefly, but I figured you, you yeah, would like we'll to see. Yeah, we'll see if it.
0: Bryce Beringer can hit the scoreboard. That's pretty much it. So it's pretty enclosed. There's not going to be much wind. I don't know what the sight lines are, right, if guys are picking up the ball or not uh, in that sense, but – yeah, that's pretty much it for me, the scoreboard. And, and just can special teams be better? I mean, aside from it being in Germany. No,
1: no Too penalties. many bad
0: penalties this week. Too <laughs> many bad penalties last week. Got to cut down on those 100%. Yep. All right.
1: Well, unless you got any last thoughts on the game, we can transition to a little college talk and we can hear from our other friends over at LinkedIn before we get into that discussion. Let me tell you that this show
0: is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can't trade in business. You got to just go out and, and, and sign free agents and find people. And LinkedIn Jobs will help you do that. They'll make it easy as well. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Adding the right team member can make a big difference. You can have that kind of addition as well. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat, B-E-A-T. To post your jobs for free, terms and conditions apply.
1: All right. So college football, big week for a lot of the quarterbacks. But before we kind of dissect into that, there was some college draft news, however you want to call it, uh, the other day. Because I believe it was Adam Schefter reported that underclassmen, college underclassmen who are going to the draft can now participate in – uh, these all star games like the senior bowl or the east west shrine bowl, which we re- typically reserved uh, for seniors only. So, I kind of have mixed thoughts on this. Like, yeah, a, we get to see some of these better players in these bowl games. You know, it opens the door for someone like Caleb Williams to play one of these all star games, but it also, if you invite Caleb Williams, you might knock off a lower-level prospect from a small school who kind of needs a good week at the Senior Bowl or the Shrine Bowl to maybe be on the draft radar. So that was my kind of first thoughts on it. I don't know how you kind of feel, uh, feel on these underclassmen attending these, these All-Star games.
0: Yeah, it, exactly the same way. I, I think that it is going to be good to see juniors in these environments, but you know, does a junior from Alabama who wouldn't be invited in the past does he knock off a guy like Kyle Duggar uh, who's coming from a D2 school or a guy like Pop Douglas who didn't have a draftable grade. Most people did not have him draftable until the Shrine Bowl. And if you go look at uh, mockdraftdatabase.com, which does a great job of tracking these things, you see a spike with Tamario Douglas during the Shrine Bowl and it never really came back down like that. And, and the teams do their own research, but I think there is something to be said for visibility for the visibility of a player. So in, that sense it it hurts uh but if there is a silver lining to it one i think part of the reason they're doing this is more and more of the top prospects like the top prospects i'm talking top 20 draft pick guys they're opting out of these games altogether they're saying if i go i can only hurt my stock you know may or maybe they go and and talk to teams they go to do the interview process but they don't participate in the practices or the game we saw zay flowers do this last year I'm trying to remember one of the big quarterbacks did it down in Mobile as well. And maybe it's just having more room for those guys. The other thing is, and Evan pointed this out today, maybe we get another bowl game added. And I would love to see them add you the senior bowl, add the underclassmen bowl and just give yeah. them their own game. I think that would be great or, or mix them in or whatever. But, you know, people don't realize that there's a senior bowl, the shrine bowl are the big ones the HBCU legacy bowl has kind of built up some notoriety the last few years. Mm. You've got better players coming out of that. Uh, teams are putting more on that. And then there's uh, what there's the Hula bowl. There's the NFL PA bowl. So maybe you see some of these games, either those games become more high profile and, or other games get introduced. So there are ways that everybody gets to be a part of this, but at the end of the day, the senior bowl, the shrine bowl, those are the two premier games. Those are the games that are gonna get the most eyeballs from the fans. And there's only so many spots. So maybe more guys choose not to do it. Maybe they add spots. I don't know, but I I yeah,
1: goes kind of both ways. Yep. And the bowls, like they don't have to accept them, right? Like that was another part of it, right? Like
0: so that's the other thing. Like, like Jim Nagy could just be like, All right, it's great they're allowed, but this is the senior bowl. And I'm only taking because yeah. they decide. They're independent entities. They're partners with the NFL, but they're not like NFL run operations. Yeah, It's, it's Jim Nagy and it's Eric Galco who we've had on the show before. And Eric does it. Not that Jim doesn't, but I've talked to, I've, I've got a chance to talk to Eric about the process and how he goes about selecting the players. And I know it's not an easy process. It's not a simple process. There is a ton, a ton mm-hmm. of work that goes into that. And with him, it's a little different just because again, it's, they're still trying to get to where the senior bowl is. I could see Jim Nagy just being like, all right, that's great. They can, I'm take, I'm only taking seniors. That's what I'm doing. That's what the game is. I also wonder if some of this is to incent the NFL incentivizing redshirt sophomores and juniors to come out instead of staying where there's the NIL money. Now there's more incentive for them to stay in school. So there's that element of it too. The NFL may kind of push it, but yeah, it's very possible that the game say, okay, that's all well and good, but we're just going to keep taking seniors because it's what we do. So there's that possibility too.
1: Yep. It'll be interesting how how that unfolds. Definitely positives and negatives. But speaking of some of those quarterbacks that could be playing in that they have lots of big games for those top-ranked quarterbacks this week, uh, we have Caleb Williams going up against you know one of the best defenses in the country in Oregon. Uh, Drake May has his best test of maybe the last two years against that, that Duke defense. Yeah. Um, Who else? Michael Penix, really tough defense. Utah. Utah, Who's given, you know, Kale Williams, a lot of uh, problems uh, the last few years. And uh, JJ McCarthy too. uh, Good tests against that Nittany Lions, Penn state defense. So a lot of these top QB prospects, big week for them against some, some top notch defenses, anyone's you know you're going to be watching extra closely i know we're going to be watching all these guys obviously but but extra extra closely you got your eyes on anyone well first off it's interesting that the 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 database
0: that i use that kind of collects all the mock drafts and puts them together as of today they updated it today there's a new consensus qb1 or there's two there's a new consensus one one and a new consensus qb1 okay
1: 1-1 1-1 one, so, one is Marvin Harrison. Marvin
0: Harrison is now the consensus <laughs> top player in this draft. And that can change. And that for, – for right now, Marvin Harrison is the – now that's different than the consensus mock draft. They probably still – consensus – I didn't look at the consensus mock. Probably still has quarterback going first because the big board is just ranking the players. You don't account for position or needs or whatever. But according to the consensus of the draft experts, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in this draft. I know some individual people have had it for a while – but that's now the consensus opinion. And Drake May is now player two QB one. Caleb Williams, player three QB two. I thought it might take the Duke game this weekend for that to flip. But apparently the Washington game, although I thought Caleb Williams played very well against Washington. He's not the reason they lost that game. Not I know some people were bothered by the crying It didn't bother me. Two weeks ago, you guys were saying he wasn't competitive enough and he checked out and he didn't care. What do you want? Was it a weird moment? Objectively, yes. It was weird. I'm not going to not draft the guy because of it. He's still immensely talented. But I guess that did sway a lot of people. Drake May did have a good game, not last week, but two – I mean, he did last week, but he played Campbell. That doesn't count. Had a good game two weeks ago against Georgia Tech. Again, a good game and a loss, kind of like Caleb Williams had. So let's see QB1 Drake May, what he looks like against it – QB one tears up this defense like plain yep. and simple QB one tears up this defense, this Duke defense as good as they are. And they're good. 176 pass yards, allowed a lot of game. So I'm excited to see that Caleb Williams against a good defense in Oregon. Obviously <clears> that game holds weight just because of who he's playing. I, it holds less weight for Bo Nix. I know I've kind of brought that game up as a big QB game. People are like, what about Bo Nix? He's playing too. I mean, yeah. Going head to head with Caleb Williams is interesting. I just, that, that, that Washington, D, uh, that USC defense, I said this on the air with Taylor last night, I believe the technical term to describe the USC defense is ass. <laughs> they're just bad. They just fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, they're 124th in the nation in scoring out of 133 teams. Bo Nix can only hurt his draft stock this weekend. Yeah. He, he, he should, and he probably will, but he should tear that USC defense up. If he starts throwing picks, if they're not putting points on the board, <clears throat> that's not a good sign. For for Bo Nix, plain and simple, because that defense again, technical term, ass. Um, the other so so that that's a big game. The other big games this weekend, I want to pull up my notes because the cool thing is there's six games this week with you know top ish of the board, top to top ish of the board quarterbacks. And where did my uh, where did my thing go? Hang on. Uh, anyway, of those six games, all six are. Here it is. All six, uh, five of them are in different time slots. So we get started at noon. J.J. McCarthy against Penn State. And, and, and that's another big one. That Penn State defense is really yeah, good. They're good. And more importantly, they're really good. And this is, hang with me for a second because I know we talk about, oh, this quarterback faces this defense. It's a good defense against the pass. The Penn State defense is really good against the run. And the reason that's big in this game is J.J. McCarthy has not been tasked with a lot. He only throws the ball 22 times a game. They don't throw the ball a lot. Michigan has two options in this game. They either still run the ball, go strength on strength, try to grind out like a classic Big 12, a Big 10, 20 to 13 win like Ohio State did against Penn State a few weeks ago, although that game was in Ohio. Penn State has home field advantage in this one. Or Harbaugh looks at it and says, all right, this guy's a Heisman favorite. I don't know why he is, but this guy's a Heisman favorite. People, you know, for our first-round pick, Heisman favorite quarterback. Let's put the ball in his hands in a big game and see what he can do.
1: And that one's in Happy State Valley. Too, right? That's in Happy
0: yep. Valley. So <clears> on the road against a really good defense, you're going to need to throw the ball to win. There's all that noise around the program right now. I know there are some people who are saying, let's see what he can do when he doesn't have the signals. And I think that there's some legitimacy to that. Yeah. If JJ McCarthy really is the first round pick, you're all telling me he is, he goes out and he plays well in this game and Michigan wins it. Michigan will probably win it either way, but if they win it, cause Blake Corum, the vacuum salesman runs for 200 yards, <laughs> right? And JJ McCarthy goes like 10 for 12 for 120 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not going to care much about that. I want to see JJ yeah. McCarthy go out and win that game. I think that's a big one. So that's at noon,
1: throw it 35 times on the road win the game, maybe, right. maybe, Maybe a QB3 game. He establishes himself as the QB3 behind exactly. the two top dogs there. But, uh, yeah, who, who else yeah. Do you have? So
0: then at 2 o'clock, you got Shadur yeah. Sanders against what's quickly become a very good Arizona team. They've been one of the best defenses in the country in the last Jed month. Fish. Jed Fish doing a very good job out there. I've said it before. I'll say it again, I, and I'm not alone in this. I don't think Shadur Sanders is declaring this year. I think he's going to go back for a senior year. But just add a game to the list in the 2 o'clock window. <laughs> Maybe you skipped out one if the end of Penn State, Michigan's really close. 330, you got Michael Penix at Utah. We kind of already talked about that. Utah's defense, the giant killer, NFL-style defense. Want to see how Penix handles that. Also, just a much more physical defense, and and he'll face that NFL level of physicality. You also have a 330, and this is a guy I know one of the day two guys a lot of people like I've been asked about. I haven't talked about him as much as I wanted to, and that's Jordan (laughs) Travis of Florida State. And he faces Miami, which is a top 30 defense. And that one may be more about the guys around Travis than Travis, right? You've got uh, uh, Keon Coleman, obviously the big name there. But let's see. If Jordan Travis goes out and lights up Miami, I think he solidifies his status as a day two pick. So it's a big game for him. So it's 3.30, 8 o'clock Drake May at Duke. And then you have Caleb at Oregon at 10.30. So full day of quarterbacks on Saturday. Full, full day of quarterbacks. And I'll, I'll pull this up. Because this is a deep name, but this is a guy I've been tracking for a few years now. Jacob Cowing. I don't think he's quite as quick as Pop Douglas. Uh, the comment says Jacob Cowing is the next Pop Douglas. I don't think he's quite that quick. This guy is an excellent slot receiver. Started at, I believe it was, U- it was a UTSA or a UTEP. I think it was UTEP.
1: UTEP, I think.
0: Yeah. And put up just absurd numbers transferred to Arizona a couple of years ago. So he's going to have that Jed Fish connection. Just, I mean, a route running master. He's not the biggest guy, 5'11", 170. He's a true slot receiver. But last year, Brian, and what was a, is a bad Arizona offense last year. Like they were one of the worst. I can actually tell you exactly where they ranked offensively, but they were not a good offensive team last year. He caught 85 passes for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns that was his second thousand yard season he's probably gonna have another one this year that's a guy to know if Patriots want to go receiver early day three
1: yeah they'll have the intel with, with, with Jed Fish there so they will be interesting uh one more name I wanted to throw at you yeah um hold on I was looking for the game stalling stalling stall uh Jaden Daniels LSU quarterback how do you think he played against... I know he got hurt. You know, he took that big hit against Dallas. Turner might not play with that concussion uh, against Florida this week, but what do you think of what he did show you uh, against Bama? And, I mean, I think he's quietly becoming... Or not even quietly, just becoming, like, a real consideration for, like, early second round. Like, like yeah. he's been... I know there's... I'm kind of... Like, his frame kind of concerns me. Like, he's 200 pounds. He's pretty light, but, like, he... He's a baller. Like he, he's a good, good quarterback. Like extending plays with his legs, making plays in the pocket. Like he's been pretty impressive. I thought.
0: Yeah, he can play. We we talked about he, him last week in that game against Alabama. Was his chance to put himself in the first round conversation. I don't think he quite did that, but I think he did everything. But I think he's a, a top five quarterback or trending towards being a top five quarterback in this draft. Uh, I, I, you didn't see any new weaknesses. Yeah. Sometimes when you play those elite defenses, this is part of the reason I stress these games so much. And we've seen this with a guy like Caleb Williams. He mm-hmm. may, there may not be a weakness you see in his game when he plays Arizona state, who's the worst team in the Pac-12, just off the top of my head, right? don't mean to pick on Arizona state, but when, when they play those defenses that are out, ranked outside the top hundred or like a, a, a bottom 50 defense, certain weaknesses just might not show up when you play a team like an Alabama or for Drake may Duke, this weekend or for michael Penix, utah they can expose those weaknesses a little more and that's where you build that more complete scouting report i don't it's not to say that jane daniels doesn't have any weaknesses he does and you saw him against alabama in particular he doesn't take care of himself he needs to slide he needs to go out of bounds not that the hit he, he got taken out on was a cheap hit but there were other instances where he took hits he didn't it, need it to feels
1: hit. like once a week he just gets like leveled like in a a bad spot but but i
0: don't know that i saw anything from him in that game where i was like oh this is new okay here's something that i didn't know about him that's maybe more of a concern i think you pretty much saw the guy you wanted to see great athlete great arm tested some windows he probably shouldn't have as a passer again he's taking better care Mm -hmm. of himself physically just too too confident basically which i I don't know the last time i said that about a quarterback he's too (laughs) confident but Jaden daniels might be a little too confident in some of his abilities I still think he's, he's the – if you if you want to do the Jalen Hurts thing, right, which is you have your, your quarterback and last year of his rookie deal, you're going to let him kind of start the year, draft a guy on day two, develop him, best-case scenario, the guy you already had in place figures it out, pans out, great, worst-case scenario, essentially he, in this case, Mac becomes your de facto bridge guy, and it goes to Jaden Daniels when he's ready. I think that Jaden Daniels is the best option for that. If, if they feel they need Marvin Harrison Jr. or Joe Alt or Olu Fashanu in round one, and you're telling me they walk away from the draft with, let's call it, Joe Alt and Jane Daniels. pretty good Yeah, home. they did pretty well. They did, And I know people will complain they didn't take the first-round quarterback, but the other thing about this, so there's the Jalen Hurts thing. I often talk about what the Panthers did. Was it what year is Cam Newton drafted? Was it 11? Was it 10 or 11?
1: uh 11, i wanted to say 12 so i guess 11 we'll go 11 was it, was it
0: 2012 the year he was no it's 2011 i just looked. Okay. okay so everybody remembers that the panthers drafted cam newton first overall in um in 2011 i just <laughs> forgot there but what people do uh forget everybody remembers they drafted him first overall i'm trying to look things up like this uh the year before that they drafted jimmy clausen in the second round
1: Jimmy Clawson.
0: Right, and Cam just had this hilarious story about trying to buy the number the was, number two from Jimmy Clawson. I was just going to
1: say, I was listening to that today. I've been hearing so much about Jimmy Clawson all of a sudden today, but... <laughs>